able to have a relationship with our Heavenly Father. Like, you just think about it a little bit. Just process that, the, how awesome that is to know that you can have a relationship with your Heavenly Father. And to know that he welcomes us into his presence, close into his presence. Our Heavenly Father. Just to be in his presence. Thank you, uh, Lauren and Cameron and Mark for leading us. Uh, another thing we shared, we sang this morning in the, in the one song was, Have Your Way Among Us. Like you sang that. Maybe you sang it just because that was the verse that you were supposed to sing. Or like, did you really mean that? Like, do you really want your heavenly fa- our, our Heavenly Father to have His will and way in our lives? I hope you do. But it's something we sang this morning. We said, Lord, have your, will, have your way in us. And I'm going to say amen to that. Because God knows He counted your hairs this morning. That's how much he cares about you this morning and he's got something for today i know he does in his sovereignty there's not something he didn't run out of ideas what to do for sunday morning this morning in your life he's got plenty of ideas he's got something and i think he has something for i know he has something for me and i know he has something for you here as well uh and so let's learn what he has for us this morning And just coming to him and say, Lord, have your will, have your way in us. Teach me something. Uh, Because he, there's something that we can learn, something that he wants to teach us. So, uh, bless you just with your worship. Uh, The one song was blessing, honor, glory, power. You know, of just us, just blessing the name of the Lord. And um, with our our worship. So, thank you again for leading us. We're going to have a couple announcements here this morning. And the offering, the offerings for the general fund this morning. So we're going to have a word of prayer for the offering. And then we have some, uh, we'll do some announcements and we'll get right into the message this morning. But welcome, each one of you. Thank you so much for for being here. Uh, Derek, having your family here, uh, each one of you. It's awesome to have you here. So welcome. And to everyone else that's here as well, uh, good morning and welcome uh, let's pray. And in our prayer this morning, I'm also going to thank God this morning for those of you that have seen uh, the post that Barb posted this week in rejoicing that Natalie got her visa for DR. Uh, now, that doesn't mean she can come to the States yet. I ask her that. They, they still have to get her passport. But at least she can take her, get out of the Haiti situation and go over to DR for at least a little bit. And I asked her if she's planning to do that, and she said she probably will. Uh, so, Barb, if you're listening this morning, and Natalie, uh, we want to bless you, and we want to thank God for that answer. That was a prayer for a long time uh, for, for a visa for Natalie, and now they have it. And if you read the post, if you didn't read it, uh, how it got to their place, she's not sure, but it got there. And uh, so it's pretty amazing. So we're going to thank the Lord uh, in our prayer here as we pray for the offering. So, Father in heaven, thank you so much. Lord, that, that you are God. And this morning, just with the uh, songs that we sang, uh, Lord, we, we worship you and we honor you. And thank you, Lord. You're worthy of our praise. We bless you this morning. Lord, you're sitting on your throne. You're high and lifted up. And we bless you. Thank you for this opportunity to be here with each 
person that's here in this room. Thank you for Barb. Thank you for Natalie. Lord, thank you that Natalie could get her visa uh, to go into the DR. It's just something we were praying for for a long time. And so now uh, we just want to say thank you for answering our prayers. God, you're so good. You're so good. And I pray a blessing on Barb and Natalie this morning as well. And just living in Haiti, living in that situation uh, with the economics and that's all going on, the pressures and the stress and so many things that can that can come along in living in, in, in such a difficult area. I pray a blessing for Barb and Natalie this morning. Strengthen them, empower them, bless them. And again, thank you that Natalie got our visa. Thank you for the way you bless us as we give this morning toward the building fund, uh, our general fund, sorry. Pray a blessing on the gift and the giver in Jesus' name, amen. All right, thank you for giving toward the general fund this morning. Thank you, uh, Daniel. Any announcements? April 1st, obviously, uh, is coming up for the volleyball tournament. That's still all pretty much good to go. Uh, so did you get the help that you need, or you still need some help? Okay. So that's April 1st, the volleyball tournament coming up for Tuesday Church Fundraiser. Uh, do we have any other events coming up? I don't have any in my mind uh, right now. Okay. But I know we have a birthday today. Are there any other birthdays this week? Okay. Well, then we're going to sing really, uh, really loud to Derek. Derek's birthday is today. So, uh, and it's awesome to have your family here for your birthday as well. Uh, and Derek, I just want to say thank you for, for who you are as a friend, as a brother, uh, what you do for the church here as well. Uh, Shawnee, you married a good man. So uh, let's sing happy birthday uh, to Derek. His birthday is today. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. Happy birthday to you. All right. Happy birthday, Derek. All right. Last Sunday, uh, Laverne Yoder from Sacramento was here. And if you weren't here, uh, I would encourage you to, to listen to that message. It was, it was a really good, timely message. And the reason I say timely, uh, he talked about his experience, uh, you know, moving out to Sacramento, but then also uh, the, the message of using what we have, the things that God has given us. God has given us so much. And if you left last Sunday morning thinking you don't have s s much, you, you, you really missed it. Because God has given us so much. What do you do with what you were giving? given? And he, he really uh, came through very clear that we have been given so much. And so we should give much as well. And I've been processing that. Last Sunday, it didn't even cross my mind. Last Sunday, I took it personal because I do think it was personal, but I think it was more than that. This week, this is, I don't think this is, I don't believe in coincidence, but I think this is perfect timing that the Wednesday prior to that, we had a church meeting about starting to talk about what we're going to do with this building, and then he comes in the following Sunday and preaches the message about what to do. The, if you've been given much, give much. And we have this I, we have this building, uh, and it's a blessing. And so how can we use this to bless others? Let's not be selfish. 
with us here. And so uh, this week I thought about, oh yeah, this was just perfect timing. What does God want us to do with this building? How can we bless others? But then also in your life, what does the things that God has given you, what are you doing with it to, to bless others? Yesterday afternoon, yesterday morning, uh, Daniel Pollard called me and he said he needs a ride. He's out in York. Him and June are out in York and they need a ride coming into Lancaster. I said, sure, I'll come pick you up. Uh, and for those of you that, that remember, Daniel Pollard was here, I think it was three weeks ago, two or three weeks ago uh, when he was here and he shared. And so yesterday afternoon, I went out and picked him up and we were driving back in and he expressed how he really enjoyed his time here Sunday morning. Uh, so I want to bless you for that. Uh, he said he really, ex- uh, he really sensed a hunger for when he was teaching. That is here. And so I want to say thank you and bless you for your hunger. To have someone like that come in and share and say that is, is I, I think that's an amazing thing. That he senses a hunger here. And the, blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, guess what? They're going to be filled. The filling comes after the hunger. And uh, so that was just, uh, uh, I loved it that he shared that with me. Another thing he shared, he didn't remember the name, but he said somebody there learned that I was going to the airport, and they offered to take me to the airport. So you don't have, I'm not going to ask for a raise of hands, but, or a raise of hand, but there was someone in, in here that offered to take him to the airport and that meant a lot to him. So thank you to whoever that was, uh, you know, just simply saying, hey, you're going to the airport. I'll take you. Uh, just that availability is, is amazing. So thank you uh, for that. And let's keep doing that uh, where we have opportunities to be available to do things for other people. All right. When I was yesterday, when I was picking them up uh, out in York, him and June, they were out there at a, at a conference, and then he just needed to ride back in. But uh, I, I went and picked him up, and coming back after I picked him up, I came, uh, I was driving this way, and there was a one-way road here. Well, there was a curb in the middle. So I'm coming out this way, and I wanted to go east, but because of the curb in the middle, I couldn't make a one I couldn't make a left turn I had to make a right turn and go west so I was going the complete opposite direction of what I was wanting to go but so what I did I went to the next traffic light and at that traffic light I still had options to go I could have kept going straight I could have made a right or I could have made a left but knowing that I want to go the opposite direction after sitting there for a while that one of those lights that seems like everyone else goes two or three times before it gives you an hour to go. Uh, finally, it came. And so what I did, I made a U-turn and went the complete opposite direction because that's the way I wanted to go. So I just flipped. I could have went right. I could have went left. I could have went straight. But I wanted to go complete opposite of what I want. So I, so I did this thing called uh, a U-turn. What's the deal back here? So we're going to look at a story this morning, and we're going to talk about a U-turn. Turn to Luke 15, verse 11 to 32. I'm going to read this. This is a familiar story, but we're going to learn something, see what we can learn from this story in Luke 15, verses 
11 to 32. I'm going to read this story and then we'll come back. I'm not going to pick out, I'm just going to pick out a, a, a few things from this story. Now, notice who he's talking to in chapter 15, the beginning of the very first verse in Luke 15, it says, all the tax collectors and the sinners drew near to him to hear him. So Jesus was teaching, and he's teaching to the tax collectors and the sinners. It says they came close to him. They wanted to hear what he has to say. Verse 2 says the Pharisees and the scribes complained, saying this man receives sinners, eats with them, and then he spoke these parables. Now, I, so I don't know exactly who all was in this setting. We know the tax collectors and the sinners came. So that was his audience. The scribes and Pharisees complained. So I don't know if they were there listening or if they were there, complained, and left. I'm not sure. Either way, we have people coming to Jesus to hear what he has to say. And I think we want to hear what he has to say here this morning as well. And so let's draw in our hearts and hear what this has to say. And so he spoke uh, several parables. He spoke the parable of the lost sheep, the lost coin. Verse 11 is where we want to jump into. Then he said, this was Jesus. A certain man had two sons. So there's three people in this story. We have the father, and then we have two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of the goods that falls to me. So his, his father divided them up his livelihood. Not many days after that, the younger son gathered all together, journeyed to a far country, and there he wasted his possessions with prodigal living. When he had spent all, there arose a severe famine in that land, and he began to be in want. Then he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into the fields to feed swine. He would have gladly filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate. But no one gave him anything. Verse 17, when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have bread enough to spare? And I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. Verse 20, he arose, came to his father, but when he was still a great way off, his father saw him, had compassion, ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, bring out the best robe, put it on him, put a ring on his hands and sandals on his feet. Bring the fatted calf here and kill it. Let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead, is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to be merry. Now the older son was in the field. He came and drew near to the house. He heard the music and the dancing. So he called one of the servants and said, What do these things mean? He said, Your brother has come because he received him safe and sound. Your father has killed the fatted calf. But he was angry and would not go in. Therefore, his father came out and pleaded with him. So he answered and said to his father, Lo, many years I've been serving you. I never transgressed your commandment at any time. Yet you never gave me a young goat that I may marry, be make merry with my friends. But as soon, <coughs> excuse me, as soon as this son of yours came, who has devoured 
your livelihood with harlots. You killed the fatted calf for him? He said, son, you're always with me and all that I have is yours. It was right that we should make Mary and be glad for your brother was dead and is alive again and was lost and is found. Now, there's a lot of things we could take from this story, but we're just going to uh, take the younger son. Remember, we have three sons or, or three people in this story. We have the father and then we have the two sons. We're going to look at some of the, what the younger son did here in verse 12. Uh, it says, and the younger of them, this was the youngest son, uh, says, hey, dad, give me my inheritance. I want my inheritance. And for us right now today, it may not be like that big of a deal if you'd want to go to your dad a little earlier and say, hey, you know, dad, can't I have my uh, inheritance? But during this time, it was, it was disrespectful. It was very, uh, sons were to respect their dads. They were to uh, honor their dads very highly. And so to have this request to go to his dad and say, Dad, give me the inheritance that belongs to me before he died uh, was very shameful to his dad. In fact, it was actually so shameful. I read this in a, in a number of different places. In essence, he was saying, Dad, I wish you were dead because I want my inheritance. I want to go do my thing. So as a dad, that would be very difficult. Having your son coming and saying, Dad, I, you know, there's no purpose for you. I want what I want. I want when I want it, and I want it right now. Uh, give it to me. Do you ever ask God for anything prematurely? Like, do we ever do that with God? Like say, hey, Lord, I would really like to have it, and I want to have it right now. When, the, when, when our Heavenly Father sees the situation, He knows what is best and knows that this is just not the right time. Sometimes I find myself being very persistent and asking my Heavenly Father, God, can't I have this right now? Why can't I have it just right now? I do the same thing. I think we all do the same thing sometimes as this younger son with our Heavenly Father and say, hey, I, I think I need this right now. And guess what the dad did? You know the story. Despite that, the father gave him what he asked. And he gave him his inheritance. So now the boy has his inheritance. He has what he asked for. And we see what he did with it. So he went on a journey. Verse 13. Not many days after, the younger son gathered all together, journeyed into a far country, and no doubt did he go on a journey. Because he was starting a journey that he did not know where he would end up with. He was starting a journey up here that was starting to take him down, and he didn't know how far it was going to go. And we see what, I mean, we, we read the story. I'm not going to get into a whole lot of, of uh, how all that happened, but I do know one thing. For him, it was probably decision after decision after decision uh, 
that kept taking him down and down and down. He, he didn't expect to go down that far. I'm sure he didn't. But because of the decisions that he was making, that's what was happening. So he gathered, he journeyed into the far country, and it says there he wasted his possessions with prodigal living. Verse 14 says when he had spent all. So he spent everything. No more money. And then a famine came. And he hadn't planned for this. And normally people don't expect these situations. You don't plan for famines. So he was kept going down and down. He was about down as low as he could get with no money, no food. And it says he began to be in need, rightly so. So after having so many things, all of a sudden he has nothing and he's down at the bottom of the barrel. End of verse 14, it says, he began to be in want. Verse 15, it says, then he went and joined himself to the citizen of that country. And he sent him into the fields to feed swine. So he did go. He did something about the situation. But he ended up feeding pigs. Went and found someone that has some pigs and gave him this job to feed pigs. Now it got so bad that he, in verse 16... It was so bad that he wanted to eat pig food. So it kept going down further yet. I mean, I am down to the bottom of the board. That's where he was. I mean, when you're in a spot to where you're so desperate that you would eat pig food, it's a place you don't expect to be. It's certainly not a place that you dream to be. Nobody wants to be at this spot at all. He's at the bottom of the barrel. Verse 16, at the end of 16, it says, no one gave him anything. Verse 17 starts with this three-letter word, but. And we know in Scripture, this word comes time and time and time again in stories you have this three-letter word, but. So we have him down here, but verse 17, look what he does. It says, but when he came to himself. Or some, uh, I think one definition says, when he came to his senses. He could obviously still think. He may not have had food. He was wanting to want eat pig's food. But he, he still had a mind, and his mind was working. And so he starts thinking about his situation. He does a current assessment of where he's at and says, all right, I am here. It says, when he came to himself, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have enough bread to eat? So who did he think about when he was down at the bottom? His father. Oh, yeah. My father, he has hired servants. He had wor has worked for his hired servants. 
it says he has enough of bread. He even has bread to spare. I remember my father having extra food, and I'm here starving. He thinks of all the things that his father has. And then he makes a decision. But before he made a decision, he made an honest assessment of where he's at. And I think it's important for all of us to do this. To look at ourselves this morning and to make an honest assessment of really where we're at. Verse 18. He says, I will arise and go to my father. So he makes a decision and says, you know what? He remembers his dad, his father. He remembers that his dad was loving. I think his, I think his dad was loving. I think his dad was merciful. I think his dad was a good man. I really do. He was generous. He was kind. And as he remembers, as he's reflecting these things, he's like, that's who my dad is. I'm going to go back to dad. So he says, I will arise and go to my father. And this is what I'm going to say. He, he plans out this thing of what he's going to say to his father. This is what he's going to tell his father. He says, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he thought of that. He says, you know what? I'm going to go back to dad. But this is a very shameful thing to do. But I know who dad is. But I'm going to go back to dad and I'm going to tell him, dad, I'm sorry. I sinned. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me one of your slaves, he says. Remember, he's, he's way down here at the bottom. I think this was probably a diff difficult thing to do. It took some courage, took lots of humility, going back to his dad, and admitting his failures. It's hard to do. Admitting failures is difficult. But it's the right thing to do. So he goes back to his dad. And he met something that was completely unexpected. He did not expect what he got at all. He chooses to go back home. Starts going back home. And as he's going home, something happens that he didn't expect. Another unexpected thing. Remember, I think on the ride down, he had lots of unexpected things in a negative way that kept taking him down further and further. Now, as he's going back to his father, 
It's a complete other unexpected thing. As he's gone back, thinking of what he's going to tell to his dad, he sees his dad, and his dad starts running towards him. Now what do you do? The dad, my father, that I sinned against, sees me coming, and he comes running towards me. So what happened? Not only did he run towards him, he embraces him. It says he fell on his neck. He kissed him. His dad, excuse me. His dad was so excited to see him come back that he got some new clothes for him. The son, as he came back, he met love. He met mercy. He met forgiveness. He met someone that really cared for him. That's what he met after he chose to go back to his father. There was not only grace, mercy, forgiveness, there was also belonging. I'm going back to my father. This is where I belong. This is my dad. And so he comes back, and then he has a big party as well. And then you read the story. You have the other son being angry, which I think we can learn a whole other. Could be I have a whole other message on that part. We're not going to get there this morning at all. But we do want to talk about this story. And so what is the point of this story? Yes, we have, uh, you know, you could talk about selfishness, how the son wanted to be selfish. Uh, you could talk about making decisions. You could talk about going to the bottom of the barrel. There's a lot of things you could talk about in this story. But what I want us to learn from this story this morning is this thing called repentance. I look at this story, and this is a story of repentance. And that's what I want you to learn here this morning. Our theme this quarter, and this is the last, next Sunday, we're going to do a wrap-up session of uh, drawing close to God, and then we're going to go into the other, um, another theme, which we'll share with you next Sunday. Uh, but drawing close to God, in order to draw close to God, repentance must happen. It's got to happen. So this, you may not end up at the bottom of the barrel like this son did. You know, you may stop here or here or even here. But it's not about how low this uh, son went. It's about repentance, of him coming to himself and re realizing that, you know what, I am going the wrong direction. And I'm going to repent and turn around like I did yesterday. Make a U-turn, I'm going to go the other way. 
And as you draw close to God, this is a beautiful picture. As you draw close to God, God says he will draw close to you. I think it's just like this son and his father. Just this beautiful picture of coming together. And when you have two people coming together in the same direction, you can have a pretty wide gap and it'll close pretty quickly. The Hebrew word for uh, repentance is called truve, which means a complete turnaround, a 180, a going in the complete opposite direction is what the word repentance means. Go the opposite direction. It's not a feeling. It's not an emotion. It's a decision. Repentance is a decision that says, you know what? This is where I'm at. I am going to turn around and I'm going to go the opposite direction is uh, repentance. And we know since we're all born in sin, the Bible says all are sinners. The Bible says all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Uh, there's none that is righteous. No, not one. We're all sinners. We, we know that. So what do we do with this? Because we also know any sin, all sin, leads away from God. Any sin and all sin leads away. Let's just put God up here. Any sin and all sin leads you away from God. There is no sin that will take you closer to God. There's no sin that brings freedom. There is no safe sin. There's nothing like that. So if there's any sin, it's got to be repented of and turned around. And you need to go the opposite direction. So what do we do since we recognize and are aware of the fact that we're born into sin? All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. What do we do? That's actually a question Peter was asked. And I'm going to read that in Acts chapter 2, verses 37 to 39. They asked Peter this question. Uh, it says, when they heard this, Peter was preaching. It says, when they heard this, they were cut to the heart. And they said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, men, brethren, what shall we do? Here's what Peter said. Repent and be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus for the remission of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is to you. I want you to get this. For the promise is to you and all your children and to all who are far off. As many as the Lord our God will call. Do you get that? What Peter's saying there with that last sentence? He says, this promise is for you, not only for you, it's for all your children and to all who are far off. I think that still includes us today. Matthew 3, we have uh, John the Baptist coming and preaching. What did John the Baptist say? Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. So we have Peter preaching repentance. We have John the Baptist preaching uh, repentance uh, Matthew 4.17, Matthew chapter 4 is where Jesus started his ministry and he started preaching. Verse 17, what's the very first word that is recorded in the Bible when Jesus started preaching? 
It's very plain. This is Jesus' first sermon. He's just starting to preach. This is Jesus who comes from heaven. He came from heaven down to this earth. And he has something to say to people on this earth. The first word that's recorded is what? Someone knows it. Repent. That's the first word. Jesus himself comes down on the earth. He starts preaching the very first one. Guys, you need to repent. You need to turn around. You are sinners headed toward a Christless eternity. You need to repent. And repentance is a theme that is all throughout, for sure, the New Testament. Actually, some of the Old Testament talks about it as well. We're going to read a uh, verse in Isaiah in a little bit. Uh, but Jesus, so when he started coming, the very first thing he says is you need to repent. It's also one of the reasons that Jesus came. In Luke 5, verse 31 and 32, Jesus says this. He answered a question. He said, it's not the healthy who need a doctor but the sick. He said, I have not come to call the righteous but the sinners to repentance. Jesus realized this is some of the reason I'm coming to earth is to call sinners to repentance, to take people that are heading this direction, have them make a complete U-turn and come back and have a relationship with their father. Luke 24, 44 to 49. I'm going to read uh, these verses as well. Luke 24. Verse 44 to 49 says this. Then he said unto them, These are the words which I spoke unto you while I was still with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were written by the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning. Verse 45 says, And he opened their understanding that they might comprehend the scriptures. So Jesus opened their understanding that they could comprehend it. Then look what he says to them in verse 46. Thus it is written, thus it was necessary for Christ to suffer and rise from the dead the third day and that the repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name to all the nations. Did you get that? This repentance is so important. Jesus is saying, this was after he opened up their understanding. And he says, it was necessary for me to die and to rise again the third day. But that repentance and remission of sins should be preached. So repentance this morning is so important and so necessary. Acts 3.19, Peter again said, Repent therefore, be converted, that your sins be blotted out, that the times of refreshing may come from the Lord. Romans 2.4, this was an interesting one. It says, do, or do you, This is a question. Or do you despise the riches of his goodness, forbearance, and longsuffering, not knowing that the goodness of the Lord leads to repentance? Isn't that amazing? He says the goodness of the Lord leads to repentance because repentance can lead to salvation, which is a relationship with your heavenly father.
So repentance must happen. Isaiah verse 30, 15 says this, Thus says the Lord God, the Holy One of Israel, in returning. Some, ver- some uh, translations use the word repent there. In returning and rest, you will be saved. In quietness and confidence shall be your strength. And in that case, so Isaiah was saying, but you didn't do it. Because he says you would not. But what Isaiah is talking about there, he realizes the, f- the importance of, that's the Old Testament, of repentance and rest. One more story, and just wrapping this up in the importance of repentance is in John chapter 4. And this is a familiar story too. We're not going to go there, but I'm just going to tell you the story of the Samaritan woman. Jesus is on a journey. Jesus is thirsty. And uh, so he stops and sits down at a well. And uh, this woman at lunchtime comes walking out to get a drink. And Jesus is sitting there. And she comes up and Jesus says, hey, I'm thirsty. Can you get me a drink? And she looks at him and she's like, wait a second. I'm a Samaritan. We're not supposed to even be talking, let alone me giving you a drink. Jesus says, if you know who I am, I could give you living water. I'm giving you my version of it, but I think you know. If you know who I am, I'd give you living water. And she's like, living water? That sounds like a good idea. By that living water, Jesus was talking about salvation. Jesus says, I can give you salvation. And she's like, hey, sign me up. I want that. I want that living water. Can I have that living water? Jesus says, wait a minute. Go call your husband. She says, I don't have a husband. Jesus says, rightly so, because you have five husbands. We know the story. Why didn't Jesus give her living water right away? We don't know what happened with her. The Bible doesn't say. Don't know if she ever experienced it or not. But I look at this story and Jesus explains to her living water, salvation. And she wants it. Jesus says, wait a minute. First you need to repent of your sins. See, repentance comes before salvation. Jesus says, repent. And that's what I want us here uh, to learn this morning is just the, impe- uh, the, the importance of, of repentance and deciding to repent. Just this thing of, of, of this you here, of going one direction, repenting, and going a complete opposite direction running back to God. And so just this morning in, in, in wrapping it up, uh, what is something, is there something in your life that needs to be repented of? Something that you're involved in or something that is taking you away from God. Remember, sin, any sin, It can be big, it can be little. That will not draw you closer to God. That will take you further away from God. And in order to change that, there needs to be repentance. 
and we have the opportunity this morning to do just like the, 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 the younger son. He came to himself. He assessed his situation. And I want this time this morning just to be a time of assessment. Really look where we're at. Say, you know what? I've sinned. I'm going back to dad. So let's, we're going to pray, and then we're going to dismiss for Sunday school and get into our, our uh, small groups. And uh, so just bless you on your journey here in coming back to Heavenly Father and drawing close to God, and he's going to draw close to you. Father in heaven, thank you so much that you are our Father. You're a good Father. You're full of mercy. You're full of grace, love. You care about us. You have unexpected goodness. Father, thank you for your goodness. But Father, we looked at the story this morning and we see the decisions that the younger son made. They were selfish decisions. And we see how those selfish decisions took him down to a place where he didn't expect to be. To the bottom of the barrel. Father, so often we become selfish. We want what we want right now. We don't want to wait on your timing. And we make decisions that lead us to sin and cause us to sin and that causes separation from you. So Father, this morning, I'm asking that you would just reveal to us areas where we are walking away from you. We're going the opposite direction. Reveal those areas in our lives this morning, Father. So we can repent. Lord, as we take current assessment of where we're at, make it plain to us the things that we need to repent of so we can turn around and come back to the arms of a loving Father. Father, thank you for your promises. Thank you that as we come back to you, when we come back to you, your love for us, you're there waiting for us. So Lord, I want to say thank you that we can come back to a Father that loves us and cares for us. And I'm asking, Father, no matter where we're at this morning on our journey, our walk with you, that we would draw close to God. Draw closer to you and you would draw close to us. Thank you for each person this morning. Lord, what a blessing each person is here this morning. Thank you for each person that's here. Father, we want to draw closer to you. We love you, God. You're so good. And we want to bless you in Jesus' name, amen.